time today. Um, I'm still recovering from everything that I've gone through over the past couple of weeks, whether it's sickness or allergies, so I still feel like, uh, uh, how many remembers what Charlie Brown's teacher uh, spoke like on, on the want, 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 that's the way it feels a little bit, still, still in my head, I still got that pressure in my ears, so whenever I speak, it's kind of like, want, 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 <laughs> so I, I will try not to uh, preach very long today, but we will uh, get into the word of the Lord here, Isaiah chapter number 46 uh, we will be reading from verses 9 and 10. Isaiah chapter number 46. Begin reading at verse number 9. I believe I'm reading from the New King James. You see the KJV on the screen. If there are any differences, that is the issue. Remembering the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God. God's a stickler about this little point right here. If you're a Bible reader at all, he likes to make sure that uh, everyone knows, and he re repeats himself often in this, I am God. Ain't nobody else God. I am God. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from Ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. There's something about that verse right there at the beginning, declaring the end from the beginning. That, I mean, that's, that's, really, that's really cool. That's really amazing, declaring the end from the beginning. When you be, I mean, it's not just as simple as a lot of times we like to, what are these little puzzles that you, that you like to play with in newspapers and, and you, you'll start at the end to go back to the beginning. It's not as simple as starting from the end and going back to the beginning because that's the easy way. He's declaring the end from the beginning. He's Before the beginning was, he had a beginning and before the ending was, he had everything in place. And that's just another example of how great our God really is and how much we need to remember how great he is. For just a few minutes, we're going to speak on this subject, reproduced kinds. Reproduced kinds. You may be seated. To understand the end, the end of times, the end of everything, the end of creation, the end of your life, the end of anything, you really need to be a student of the beginning. To understand the end, you must be a student of the beginning. Uh, and I believe Genesis, I'm a, I'm, a very, I'm a huge fan of Genesis, the book of Genesis. I love Genesis. I preach from it often, and I speak about it often. Genesis is such a wonderful book um, because it establishes so much about the principles of the Word of God. It establishes uh, a principle of the law of first, first mention, it, it establishes so much within the word of God, but it also establishes an ending, uh, an ending in a previous world, which was uh, concluded in Noah's flood, but it also lets us know about what's going on in our world today because of the similarities that were then and that are now and how everything will eventually wrap up. 
So it's a good idea if you're going to start reading the Word of God, if you're going to be a student of the Word of God, if you're looking into getting into the Word of God, Genesis is a great place to start, very good place to start. On that note, I don't believe that Genesis is necessarily allegorical or metaphorical. Now, that's where a lot of people, even Christians and even Bible scholars today, will differ. They think that everything in Genesis is strictly a story or many stories and it's allegorical in nature and metaphorical. And I don't believe that. I believe it is quite literal. And the reason I say that is not just because of the context. You can, you can draw a lot from the context and there is context that suggests that it is quite literal. But not just because of the context, because of the words of Jesus. Jesus taught and he preached that the events of Genesis were literal events. So it's a good idea for us to consider the words of Jesus whenever he speaks about the beginning being quite literal. And on that note, speaking about the literal events of Genesis, we're going to talk a, a little bit about uh, some of the creative methods which, remember, are not allegorical, are, are not metaphorical. They were very literal. So we're going to talk, talk quickly. We're going to blow through these really quickly. I don't want to get caught in the weeds here just for a minute, but we need to establish a point. In Genesis 1 and 11, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its... What? Kind. Kind. Very important word there to understand. Uh, and that's not the only time that it's used. Uh, Genesis 1.21, So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves according to their what? Kind. And every winged bird according to its what? Kind. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its, here it is again, kind. Cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its Kind And God made the beast, in verse number 25, and God made the beast of the earth according to its kind. Cattle according to its kind. And everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. That word kind is very, it's kind of important. <laughs> the word kind there is very important because it's not just a, 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 an English word that we that could be all-encompassing. It is a master. It is a, it is a overarching genetic code specific to a living organism. Master kind. Very important for us to understand that the word kind there is very important in that it was mentioned eight times in four verses. Eight times in four verses that things reproduce after their kind and can't reproduce any other way. Things will always reproduce after their kind. Now, there is a dual application in Scripture often, uh, especially here in Genesis. There is the application of the physical, but there is also, also now the surface here is very evident that this is physical application, but there is also very often in Scripture an application of the spiritual. 
both physical and spiritual application. Not just a physical kind, but a spiritual kind. A spiritual kind will reproduce its spiritual kind. Whether it's negative or positive, a spiritual kind will reproduce its kind. It's not just human reproduction. It's not just the genetic code of flesh and blood. It is something more. It is a spiritual kind too that will reproduce its kind. Now that being established, that being said, I will have this question to ask you today. What kind are you? What kind are you? What kind of a person are you? Are you a negative person? Because a negative person will so very easily reproduce negativity all around them. If you're a hateful person, you will reproduce a hateful spirit in those around you. If you're a loving person, you will reproduce a loving nature around you. I want you to ask yourself today, what kind are you? Have you been that introspective before? Have you examined yourself before? Have you thought for just a second, really what kind am I? I know that I'm a human being, so I have to reproduce after this. I know that. I know that whenever I reproduce with my spouse, I know that I'm going to produce a human being because that's natural. That's natural law. But what are you spiritually? What kind of a person are you spiritually? What kind are you? What are you going to reproduce? I just maybe want to be a little personal before you today. I, I must reproduce. As the pastor of the church here, I must be focused on reproducing something positive. It's very easy for me to fall into a trap of possible arrogance or possible uh, just misguidedness and start to reproduce something that is not productive to reproduce. Or maybe I should really focus on the things that God wants me to reproduce. If I am a pastor, which I am, then I need to make sure that I am producing after my kind. I need to make sure that I am producing leaders. That is my role, and it's important for me to understand that if it is a fundamental principle of the Word of God to produce after your kind, then I need to recognize what kind I am. And the kind that I am right now is the pastor of the church. I am a leader. So I need to reproduce leaders. Just a personal note. There's a personal note, right? I'm being transparent before you. If I'm not producing, I'm not saying I'm producing everyone to be a leader. I'm saying that I need to produce leaders. There will be some that are gifted by God to start moving into that area. And I need to, meet, to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing to facilitate that in the reproduction of that kind. I need to produce a leader. I need to produce some leaders. And I, and I need to do more than that. I'm just being transparent before you. I need to make sure that I am producing preachers. 
If I have no preachers ever in my ministry that develop that I am not reproducing according to the word of God after my kind. I am a preacher so I must reproduce preachers. That's not to say that everyone that is uh, under my charge will be preachers but there are some that God has placed a calling on and I need to make sure that I'm recognizing that calling and I'm facilitating that calling and I'm reproducing myself and reproducing what God wants in someone. Can you say amen? I have a goal. I have a focus. You, you think, okay, well, he's the pastor of the church. His goal is to just grow the church. That's not. That, that is a goal. But that's not my primary goal. My primary goals are I need to be reproducing after my kind. I need to be facilitating preachers, producing preachers. As the leader of the church, as the spiritual director of the church, I need to be reproducing something else. I need to be reproducing spiritual hunger in the church. And this goes to everyone. This is Now we talked about leaders and preachers before and that's, that's not going to necessarily be uh, everyone although it is the role of every single person in the church to find a ministry, to find a place of service. That's, that's where we can. I can reproduce in every, in every person to find that place of service but we also want to focus on this nature, this thing about being spiritually aware and spiritually hunger as the director of the church in that regard I need to make sure that I am producing reproducing spiritual hunger in everyone some are going to be easier than others just like in natural reproduction some uh, some will be easier than others and I, that, that's not going to sway me though that's not going to deter me I, I want to make sure that I'm doing something to spark some sort of spiritual hunger in someone even the most cold hearted person in the crowd today and I'm not looking at anyone right now my eyes are closed I'm not, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna embarrass anyone but I need to make sure that even within you if you're so distant and you're so callous I need to make sure that I'm still chipping away at that somehow to create and recreate some spiritual hunger in you to create to do something that's my job my job is to reproduce after my kind what is your job your job is to reproduce after your kind what kind are you I go back to the question again what kind are you what kind of a person are you? What kind of a uh, saint of God are you? What kind of child of God are you? Are you the kind of child of God, son or daughter of God that goes through constant ups and downs and you, you really don't even know if you want to be in this every, uh, every... You go from one day I'm on top of the world and I'm on fire to the next day being so cold and ice cold. I don't want anything to do with this to the next day. If you're just constantly up and down, you're going to reproduce that in someone. In your direct field of influence around you, whether it's your children or whether it's your friends, you're going to reproduce that in someone. So that's all the more reason for us to be very aware of who we are and what kind we are. 
Are you a praiser? Are you this? Are you a worshiper? Are you, what are you? I, I just, I want to let that ring out just a little bit throughout this message as we go on. I, what kind are you? Ask, ask yourself the question, what kind am I? What am I inevitably going to reproduce in others? I have failed. I have failed if I don't reproduce after my kind. I failed. I haven't failed yet because I'm, God's still working. God's still allowing. God, we have a window. We're still, I haven't failed. You haven't failed yet. But if we get to the end of our lives, if we get to the end of our journey and we look back and we realize that we haven't reproduced positivity in someone, if we haven't reproduced the things of God in someone else, then you can say, I have failed. And that is my goal is to make sure that as we start 2024, I want to start off on the right note. I want to make sure that I'm reproducing after my kind. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can do to facilitate within each and every person in this church your God-given ability and talent and grace to become who God wants you to be. If we pack this church out with people, if we bus in people from everywhere, but we haven't facilitated reproduction of a productive kind, then we've failed. It doesn't matter if the church pews are full. It doesn't matter if we're not reproducing productive uh, people in the kingdom of God. If we're not reproducing uh, the, the joy of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. If we're not reproducing these things, then we have failed. But we're not going to fail. We're not going to fail. I believe this is a church and... Even though there are some that are not here, they will be listening online later. And I believe that this is a church body here today that is, that is focused in 2024 on making sure that we produce the things that we reproduce the things of God. We reproduce the, the, the gifts of God and the things of God and the joy of God. And we reproduce in our kids and we reproduce in our, in our circle of influence. We reproduce after our kind, for the glory of God. So, a little, that was, that was a little side note. That was, that was just, now we're going to get into more, get, get into a little deeper here. <laughs> now we have in our society, we're, we're, we're going to focus on the spiritual right now. We're going we're to switch from the spiritual back over to the physical in our society all around us, we have an exponential rate of reproduction. We have the physical producing, obviously, after their kind. We have a world population that is exploding, and that's good. I'm not one of these that says population needs to be controlled and we need to reduce world population. Not at all. That is not the point. I believe it is, it is good to keep reproducing. I believe that it is good for people to keep reproducing, but we are an exponential rate of reproduction and we need to be very aware of that. In 1900, the world population was 2 billion people. In 2000, 100 years later, it had increased from 2 to 6 
6 billion people. And in 20 short years, in 2020, it had increased from 6 to 8 billion people. So we are at an exponential rate of growth in reproduction of our humankind. But that being said, we need to make sure that we understand what happens with reproduction. What happens with the exponential growth all around us because of that, because of the exponential growth. 2 Timothy 3.13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Because of the growth, because of the exponential growth of humankind on this planet there is much more evil in this earth than was just previously 20 years ago or 100 years ago there is an increase exponentially in the amount of wickedness going on and happening in our world we have an exponential rate of reproduction of humankind and we have an exponential rate of reproduction of wickedness I mean, you have to look no further than the, the news every single day. It's amazing. You know you live in a wicked time and a wicked generation when the best women are men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you not aware of what's going on? But yeah, you know, the, the woman of the year is a man. But, uh, but somehow we're just deceiving ourselves as a society into thinking that we're not wicked whenever we are wicked. And it's getting... Uh, worse and worse uh, and I believe that we live in a confused world today we live in a very confused world where um, reproduction of humankind is causing a reproduction of wickedness and we need to understand something about the wickedness that is going on in the world today and not just in the world but specifically right here in America America is weak America is a weak nation America, <laughs> oh man, I'm, 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 I got to tread lightly here because once you start talking about somebody's apple pie, hot dogs, and fireworks, and I mean, you start talking about that, man, you're, you're next to blasphemy. But I, I want to remind us today that God is not American. God is not American. That, that sometimes is, is shocking to the church in America. We, for some reason, we think that God is red, white, and blue, and He is as, as American as apple pie Himself, but He is not. He is not American. Uh, and, and we need to understand that America is weak because America has turned its back on God. America has turned its back on the principles of the Word of God. America is weak because America has weak churches. Ouch. Right? Ouch. We're talking about ourselves here. We're talking about all of the church. I'm not just talking about one denomination or this. In general, compared to times past, I want us to understand America is weak because America has weak churches. Churches are weak because they have weak families. Families are weak because they have weak or non-existent dads. I'm 
Remember, we're talking about reproduction of a kind. Unfortunately, the nation, the nation and the issues within a nation that we see today are not just something that's happening outside in a vacuum somewhere else and we're observing what's going on. It's happening because within the, within the society all around us and within the churches all around us and within that, within the families all around us, there is a abdication of responsibility. There is a removal from a proper kind. I understand whenever I say families are weak because they have weak or non-existent dads that that is, that is troubling to some. But I, I don't want to trouble you today with the word of God. I just want to challenge us to understand there is a principle and is, there is a proper pattern for the way things should operate. And we need to understand Whenever government comes in and whenever government says they can be, it can be a father and removes fathers from the homes that is detrimental to a society. Second Timothy 1 and 5 is a very interesting scripture. Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. It's very interesting here. Paul writing to Timothy, specifically pointing out the wonderful examples of women that he had in his life. The wonderful examples of the women of God, the women of faith in his life. But he's uniquely leaving something out here. He's leaving out Timothy's father. He's leaving out Timothy's dad. Where, where, where was your dad, Timothy? Where was your father? Where's the example of your father in your life? And what we have here in Scripture is something for all of the church to remember in reproducing that there are going to be the fatherless among us. There are going to be those that struggle. There are going to be those that just stumble their way in and are just trying to find their place in the church. And here we have the Apostle Paul pointing out the women of faith and how they put everything that they could into their son. But the Apostle Paul is saying right here, specifically and indirectly, because of the letter to Timothy, you don't have a dad, but I'm going to be your dad. You're a man of faith because you had women in your life. But where the women can't do something for you, to help you, and to, to develop you, that's where the responsibility is falling to me now. And that's where the responsibility across the millennia is falling to the church as, as a whole. There are fatherless among us. There are those that are empty and without. And he's calling on the church of the living God to be the father, to be the helper, to be the facilitator, to be the kind that will reproduce 
the kind in someone else. Understand what I'm saying today. Understand I'm trying trying my best to convey a a principle of the word of God here that that whenever, whenever you are without, God can provide. Whenever you are incomplete, God can supply the completeness. And He wants His church to be in such a place that we can help and we can reproduce if we are positioning ourselves to reproduce in someone. They're hurting among us. They're hurting in the body that we can reproduce in someone. Within within the four walls of our our church today, there are people that are struggling out there that want to find their place, that are searching for something. And we want to let them know we can reproduce Reproduce in you life. We can reproduce in you hope. We can reproduce in you love. We can reproduce in you the things of God. Even though it's far from you right now, we can do this because we understand it's our responsibility to do this. We understand it's our role to do this. We must reproduce after our own kind. But what is your kind? Are you struggling just to make it every service? Are you struggling just to to sustain yourself? Are you struggling just to lift up your head? Are you struggling just to make it yourself? If you are, I'm not here to preach against you and to condemn you. I'm here to help you to understand we need to get to a place where we are walking in faith and we are removing ourselves from the equation. We We are sacrificing ourselves and allowing ourselves to to produce the things of God in others. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me today. Help me. I want to reproduce. I want to reproduce in this church. I want this church to reproduce in our society. I want us to be walking by faith, not by sight. I want us to understand the principles of the Word of God. Help me, God. I don't feel like I'm conveying this message properly today or as as importantly as I feel like it is in the atmosphere. But help us to understand we can't be so cold on God and then hot on God and back and forth. We need, to, we need to reach this place of maturity so that we can reproduce responsibly after a positive and holy and righteous kind. I challenge the church in 2024. If you're struggling, if you're struggling, this is the year for you to not struggle anymore. Oh, of course we're going to go through ups and downs. But this, this constant, I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if I'm committed. I am committed. Just this back and forth. No, that's not what we're going to do. This is the year. This is the year of committal. This is the year of getting, uh, getting so sold out to the things of God that we're, we're ready to achieve what He wants for us. I want to reproduce positivity. I want you to reproduce what God wants for you to reproduce. I want for the church of the living God to reproduce after a proper kind. It is a principle established from the beginning in Genesis. We must reproduce after our kind. But what kind are we? What kind are you? It's a new year. You said it already. It's a new year. 2024, 2023 is gone. 
Some of you may have loved 2023. Some of you may have loathed and hated 2023. But for, for whatever, uh, for better or for worse, 2023 is gone. It's not coming back. It's gone forever. But 2024 is here. The future is here. A new year is here. A new beginning is here. A new beginning is here in 2024. It's, and I'm not going to get into New Year's resolutions and all of that. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with that. I'm, I'm talking about a fresh start because I do believe in symbolism. I do believe in making a mark. I do believe in making memorials. I do believe in, believe in setting aside this is the beginning of a new year. And this is a great place to start a new walk. This is a great place to start. In, in the beginning of 2024, this is a great place to start. 2023 is gone, and because it's gone, your past is gone. Everything that you did right or wrong, it's gone. 2024 is here before you, and it is, it is so very inviting. I believe it's inviting. It's inviting for a productive walk. It's inviting for a new level of commitment. It's inviting for newness and freshness. I'm excited about what can happen in 2024. I'm excited about what lies before us. I'm excited about each and every one of you what can happen in 2024. If you would just say, uh, it's not me. It, it, maybe this isn't me. Maybe what he's preaching isn't me. It hasn't been me in the past but it can be you in the future because 2023 is gone. That means the old you is gone. That means the you of yesterday that said, I'm not going to praise him. I'm not going to worship him. I'm not going to, I might be faithful, but I'm not re going to really commit. Guess what? 2023 is gone. The old you is gone. This is the fresh place of beginnings that say, you know what? I can start this new walk with him. I can start committed to him. I can do this because everything, the old things are passed away and there is newness and freshness and excitement in the future. Excitement. I'm excited about what God's doing and what He's going to do in 2024. Are you excited? Are you excited to reproduce after your kind in 2024? Remember, 2023, that's when we slept in church. 2024, we're not sleeping in church anymore. Come on. Come on, stir yourself. <laughs> some inside jokes for, for some of the sleepers in the house, but that's all right. I'm not looking at Brother Jack. I'm not looking at all at Brother Jack over there. <laughs> 2024 is the year we stay awake in church. Come on. That's it. <laughs> 
I got to pick on my brother because I love him so much. I love him so much. 2023 is gone. 2024 is the year. It's the year we're going to make fresh commitments. It's going to be the year that we say, you know, I've always thought about doing that before. I think this might be the year that I do that. I haven't done it in the past because it hasn't really seemed like me. But I think 2024, it's the year. Well, guess what? We're here to support you in your new endeavors in Him, in your new commitment in Him. I want to see you take a new step. I want to see you take a fresh step. I want to see you make a new commitment to Him. Because guess what? That's what all of us need to be doing. I want to make new commitments. I want to take a fresh step. I want to go further than I've gone before. I want 2024 to be the year of newness in my walk. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I want, I want, now, whenever you go home, I want you, if you want to right now, start texting everybody that's not here, everybody that's sick. Say, watch this message on YouTube when you get home. Listen on Spotify, whatever method, because I want this church, everyone that's sick and not here, everybody that's here today, I want us all to remember that this is the year that we're going to step out in a new area that we haven't felt comfortable before. As a church body or as individuals, I'm going to flex myself just a little bit. I'm going to stretch myself a little bit. I haven't felt like doing this before, but this is the year I'm going to do it. I love my precious brother. I love it whenever somebody reminds me that we used to run aisles in church. I love it whenever somebody says, I'm going to run the aisles today. It's not, it's not even cranked up to that fever pitch yet like it usually is. But he says, you know what? It's time to run. I love it whenever somebody says, hey, Pentecostal, you remember when you used to run the aisles in church? I love it whenever somebody reminds me of that. Somebody reminds me that I used to run the aisles in church. I used to be on the base and the Spirit of the Lord would get moving on me and I'd be like, oh, i got to take the base off. i got to run. And I would start running. I used to love that. I love it whenever somebody reminds me. I used to be a praiser, but for some reason I haven't been praising like I used to because 2024 is the year for us to make those fresh, uh, fresh steps, to take that extra step, to go just a little bit further than we've ever gone before. I want to remind this church that the first name on our sign is apostolic. We are apostolic. We are going to be apostolic. We're going to believe in the apostles' teaching, the apostles' doctrine, and the apostles' worship. I'm excited. I'm excited. How are, are you going to reproduce after your kind? Are you going to reproduce after a productive kind? Are you going to reproduce after a righteous kind? Are you going to reproduce after an apostolic kind? Or you just want to reproduce after the old you that did the old things that you've always done? I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that personally. I want to stretch myself in this new year. I want to go into 2024. I'm not talking about starting a gym membership and stopping in February. I'm talking about something much deeper than that. I want to walk in the Spirit unlike ever before.
I want to hear the voice of God like I've never heard Him before. I want to pray like I've never prayed before. I want to be a praiser like I've never been a praiser before. It's a new year. It's a new tone. It's something, Lord. Help us to understand that what we're going to do this year is going to have direct implications and direct impact on the society all around us. We want the light to go out of this lighthouse. We want it to go to everyone. And we want everyone to realize there is life-changing power here. And God can reproduce something in you as we all stand. I'm excited. I'm excited. I believe you're excited. I believe you're excited. I want to be a... I want to reproduce a praiser in my kids. I, I want to reproduce praise and worship in my kids. Now it's one thing to say I want my kids to be in church and I want my kids to praise and worship and be devoted to God. But if you're not reproducing in that in your kids, how can you expect that they ever will? Unless there's somebody that can help and facilitate that. God through His infinite mercy has allowed people in the church to do that for others. But I believe there's some parents in this church, some grandparents and some parents that are saying, you know what, I don't want my kid to grow up confused. I don't want our kids to grow up uh, lost and undone and confused. I want to make sure that they understand if they're going to be a praiser, then I have to be a praiser. Yeah. If they're going to be a worshiper of the living God, then I must be a worshiper of the living God. Guess what that means? They need to see you praising. They need to see you lifting up your hands. They need to see you singing the praises to an almighty God. They need to see it of you. All of the wonderful kids in the house, all of the great... I want to make sure that they see in each and every one of us, that they see it in their pastor, that they see it in their leadership of the church. Yeah, guess what, leaders? If you're not leading that, then what are you leading? If you're not leading in praise and worship, if you're not leading in service to the kingdom, then it doesn't matter what else you do in the kingdom. Make sure, first and foremost, in 2024, that you become a worshiper, that you become a praiser, that you become someone that refuses to be scared to lift their hands in the sanctuary of believers. I don't want to be scared to lift my hands in church. I want to lift my hands. I want to celebrate Him. I want to let Him know because I know in 2024, there's a new tone in the church and it's a tone of celebration to our King to our Savior to our Master Jesus I must reproduce you must reproduce. Why don't you lift your hands and begin to love Him right now? The Spirit of the Lord is speaking, I believe. 
confirmed it in praise and worship service in our segment there before the preaching. We could feel the confirmation. We could feel him saying, this is what I want. I want you to celebrate me. I want you to worship me. And I want to pour out peace and joy in the body. I could feel that confirmation. As a marker for 2024, if you're thankful you celebrate and praise me then I'll be there among you to lift the burden of society off of you, to lift the burden of the wickedness of this generation off of you so you can feel and bathe in the presence of God spoke to me this week a new year a new tone not throwing shade on anything we've done in 2023 if anything I'm so thankful for 2023 it has put me here with you it has placed us together and I'm so thankful for that and just as 2023 was a step 2024 is the next step. What are we going to do? How are we going to reproduce in 2024? Just for a minute, they're going to sing. I want you to make a commitment today. I want you to make a commitment between you and your God. 2024 I'm going to stretch myself I'm going to push myself just a little bit further than I have in the past I'm not saying you haven't stretched in the past of course we've all stretched in the past we've all pushed but this is a new place this is a new step it's time for a new push and a new stretch I spoke just a few weeks ago about first of the year God's dealing with us he's going to be dealing with you he's going to be dealing with all of us about setting something aside whatever it is in your life we're not calling on a Daniel 40 day Daniel fast for all of us we're not talking about everybody fasting together so we're talking about something for you individually to hear the voice of God to say I need to set something aside whatever it is for you it's going to be different for you than it is for someone else but I want you to listen to the voice of God as we go now into 2024. What does He want you to set aside? Whether it's permanently or temporarily, whatever the case may be, listen to Him. He's going to be asking for a new level of consecration, consecration for you. And when you do that, He rewards you accordingly. What does He reward you with? Him. Himself. He rewards you with His presence. Remember, you don't pray more and fast more because you're spiritual. You pray more and you fast more because you're carnal. I pray because I'm carnal. I fast because I'm carnal. 
I do things to remove the carnal nature so I can be closer to Him again. Not to earn brownie points with Him. Not to earn monetary blessings from Him. Not to earn all of these things. But because I want to remove the carnal side of me that keeps me from knowing Him. And when you start to do that, that's when He comes and says, now you get to feel more of me. Now you get to know more of me. Come on, church, 2024. A new tone. A new commitment. And a new step.